Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts. Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals. Dumb Scum and Villainy, The Mythos Mysteries, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch Merchandise today. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Sylvania Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. The Coterie finally made their way to the Sanchi General Hospital. Doris sought to use maggots to both heal and experiment on her arm. Val brought along a stunned Evangeline. And Everett awoke to news of the death of Cain, the Bruja clan leader. How will the Coterie face the day ahead, knowing they must leave yet another crime scene for the day shift? Abandon home, all ye who listen here. Val, it's the 1980s. It is your time. It is the time that is perhaps perfect uh, for you and the, the entire spectrum of human history and, and kindred history. Um. And, uh, you find yourself, uh, mad as, as you often do, uh, things aren't quite going your way. Um, but, uh, there is, uh, someone, uh, who can, uh, generally always, uh, raise your spirits. Um, she goes by the moniker of, uh, destiny rain. You know, that's not her name, but it's kind of cool that she says it cause it's the eighties. 
Um, and uh, she's everything you kind of aspire to be. You know, she's just like rocking, like cool leather jacket. She somehow managed to kind of combine punk rock with a few other things. Um, and the two of you have been spending more time together, which is pretty great um, for you. But um, uh, as is, is often the way, though, you do find yourself frustrated. Um, what's uh, what do you think's gone wrong for for Val on this? This literally like a random Wednesday um, it's not an important day. It's not a hugely important uh, frustration in the greater scheme of things. But like, what's something that's just pissing Val off today? I guess question is that how early in the eighties is this? Is this human Val or well, not? yeah, yes, this is very much when you're human. When did you get turned? Okay. She got turned in. Well, I'm gonna look at my notes for you. All good. It's a date mm-hmm. before then. Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Okay, so let's say this is eighty-four. Um, okay. you're, you're not quite as sure of yourself yet. Yeah. Um, uh, again, like you're, you're well enough into the decade that like the style and the attitude has, has hit you kind of full force. Um, mm-hmm. but you're not quite the Val that, that we know yet. You haven't fully yeah. a, like you're, you're flirting with the look, but you're still kind of wrapping your head around it. I, I think you're yeah, trying see, different things. The, the difference in how Val looks at this point is that she looks kind of normal. She has long blonde hair. It's kind of scraggly. Like she doesn't take care of it. And she has a military jacket that is oversized, like not for a like a lady's military mm-hmm. jacket, like a like oversized guy's military jacket, and just kind of normal basic clothes under that. And I think one of the main things pissing Val off right now is just that she lost another job and got kicked out of where she was living and is just back on the street again, which is typical for her. Great. So I think then we'll say that um uh so Destiny has like um, she's gone full Mohawk. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not like the huge like because uh, like you're you, where were you based? You're based in the states, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, around Seattle, Washington State. Great. Okay. Perfect. So we're not talking like you know proper London punk scene, like mm-hmm. you know like the full like sprayed Mohawk. Um, but um, she's definitely got kind of a short version of that going uh, mm-hmm. for her. Um, you, it's it's almost apologetic in a way because it's it's again just like like you, someone who is starting to really come into their own in terms of their style. Uh, and I think to Val, like in a way that's very impressive, but um, for destiny, this is still a, like an ongoing process of like, where do I like, what is my look? What, what's my vibe? Mm-hmm. Um, so nevertheless, though, um, seeing, you know, lady with like fully shaved head other than a Mohawk is like, um, again, like awesome for you. I think just something kind of yeah. cool. And I think destiny is one of those, um, uh, she doesn't live on the street, but um, she's often smoking outside of uh, bars where there's, like, great music just blasting. Um, you've run into her now a few times, and usually it has been in circumstances like this. Like, it's mm-hmm. very, very rarely, um, like you know, like you're at the in the same place at the same time. You just right. have almost become, like, if you're out walking your dog or something, friends who just, like, you know, comment to each other. So, yeah, sure I enough. I think that uh, they, that's how they met because Val also smokes so she, they probably would have just been standing outside underneath a, a ledge when it was raining and then kind of run into each other that way. Great. Okay. I love that. So um, it's uh, – given that that's kind of your bit, um, you're, you're kind of like, you know, like hands deep in your pockets. If I assume kind of mm-hmm. like a Vietnam style, like, mm-hmm. you know, GI mm-hmm. jacket because uh, yep. a lot of those have been kicking around. Hands stuffed in. It's Seattle. So, you know, you've got like – low gray clouds it's nighttime it's just starting to spit rain um kind of makes the entire place an amazing kind of like neon soaked 
beauty for like a brief second after a, a long day of gray tones. Um, but um, you, uh, yeah, you start making your way. Um, uh, you're sort of like storming down the street and a little part of you kind of hopes you'll run into her. Mm-hmm. Cause like, again, it's not that you guys really know each other that well, but like all the interactions have been great. You've really been on your game, mm-hmm. um, which is impressive because like, she's really fucking intimidating um, in like a really like attractive way. But like, You've been holding your own, which is always a really, I think, like nice and empowering feeling about yourself. So you're walking along um, and um, you uh, just hear um, kind of from uh, outside, uh, like around the corner. So like in basically in an alleyway, um, you just hear. Uh, hey. Miller. You got a light? She'll she'll stop and turn to that if if that's destiny, she would definitely. Yep. Um, and you turn and um, you see the faint glow of a cigarette uh, in the alley and Destiny very clearly having a lit cigarette uh, just takes a drag off it um, and just gives you one of those like proper devilish grins, just mm-hmm. kind of like um, lit by kind of the, the faint light of the cigarette as the rain kind of like is like slowly soaking the mohawk. So she's almost got like a widow's peak situation going mm-hmm. on. Um, but um, again, just kind of gives you a grin. She says, uh, you you look like shit. What happened? She deep sighs and stomps over. Like, I think you you need a light for me because I'm shit out of luck again. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Uh, I guess that's the problem when you use that as an icebreaker, huh? Fuck. So she, like, pats herself down, like, pulls out a cigarette, gives it to you, um, clicks open a lighter uh, similar to your jacket. It's like clearly like a Vietnam GI lighter that's been like scuffed up and like, you know, like the peace sign's been burned into the side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so she uh, lights your cigarette and she says, um, Hey, why don't you come with me for a second? Cause there's, as I understand look, I've tried lots of cures for being shit out of luck, like lots of cures. And I got to tell you, the only thing is one, one thing's really worked for me. A few other things do here. Come on, follow me. And she kind of looks back over. She was like, besides where else do you got to be? Yeah, you're fucking right. Um, so you follow her down the alley um, to kind of that fresh smell of of kind of wet grass and and um, that's kind of uh, smell of dirt because you're again in an alley. You kind of move past a lot of the bars. There's you know couples making out and stuff. Um, and uh, she takes you to a, a gravel parking lot, and uh, she kind of like gestures over and uh, reaches into her pocket for some keys, and you see this just fucking beautiful beat up Dodge charger sitting there. And this thing is a fucking wreck. Like Mm -hmm. this is, it's not in great shape. It's clearly well cared for, but like many, many rough hits, dents, things that have Mm -hmm. just never properly been fixed, different like colors from different like pieces that have been kind of welded on to fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, she opens, um, she digs for her keys. She pulls them out. Um, they, she jams them into a, sort of one of the locks, opens it. Uh, she has to crawl across from the passenger side to unlock her own door. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it's, she just, just like, uh, it's a broken, key. you know, don't worry about it. Um, and then she crawls into the driver's seat. She just kind of pats the seat, uh, next to her. She starts to roll down the window to blow smoke out. She leans in the window and lets like, well, is this yours? Yeah. Yeah. It's immaculate. Just like me. And she kind of like does that thing where she tries to blow the widow's peak out of her face, but it's plastered to it. 
Um, and then she just kind of shoots you that grin again and uh, just gestures to the seat as uh, she begins to um, reach kind of into the back seat under uh, she's like feeling around in the back and you see she's actually digging through um, cassettes. She's just like mm-hmm. literally like there's just a little mound of cassettes and she's just kind of like shoving them left and right. And Val will get in and close the door to the passenger seat and like kind of pat pat the side of the window with her hand on it and be like, yeah, it's a beauty too. Um, and, um, you catch just a hint of blush, uh, from, uh, the, the cheek of, of destiny as she kind of shoots you a glance back. And for a second, you see her the way you assume she sees you Mm. like just kind of the younger, more elemental version of who you're eventually going to become. Um, and it's actually a fairly revealing look, um, as she's digging around. Um, but then immediately like, you know, walls back up, uh, and she digs back and she goes, ah, fucking Yeah. Um, and she comes back out um, with uh, with a cassette, um, and she just uh, she guns the engine. Mm-hmm. And um, Val, are, were you much of a gearhead uh, like back then, eighty four? Would you have known cars at all? I don't think she wouldn't know cars specifically. She just knows a lot of survivalist stuff, so she would okay. know how to fix things because she's had to survive on her own and would know, but wouldn't know cars particularly, but would be able to appreciate a car as as a person who's semi homeless mm-hmm. as like a shelter and a thing that is valuable. Totally. Okay, great. So when you hear the roar of this engine, um it like it clicks a couple times before it mm-hmm. fires up. Um but it you feel the whole vehicle vibrate and rumble uh cuz the charger is more engine than it is car. Um and you like your whole body feels this thing. Also, given that this is a pretty rough one, like this, there's, there's not <laughs> yeah. a lot between you and the chassis. No. So your whole body rumbles with the the force of this engine gunning up. Um, and in a lot of ways, it syncs with with how you think about the world and how you mm-hmm. think about survival and everything else. This is something that is is raw and pure and powerful, while also being deeply broken and patched together and Mm -hmm. rough. Um, And as you're enjoying this moment of kind of being at one with, with a machine um, and with, with horsepower and and again, what's clearly patched together as an engine um, suddenly uh, you hear that noise that only people born of our age will remember of the rattling of a cassette as you try and fit it in the slot. For those of you born after cassettes, think trying to get a USB stick in the right way for the first time. Oh, actually, you're probably after USB sticks. For those of you who've used USB for, I don't know, jets or rocket ships now, future, um, it's literally like trying to get it, it, like the USB in the right way, and it's always wrong. You're like, God damn, I have a 50-50 shot every time. Um, so you hear the like the awkward fumbling of the cassette um, and then suddenly it slides into the tape deck. Also, like the fact that this car has a tape deck is damn impressive. And it seems mm-hmm. to be the most expensive piece of this thing. Um, and suddenly destiny just fucking cranks it and sound just washes over you. Um, and you watch as destiny kind of closes her eyes and takes like a long drag. Uh, and she's like, um, she kind of op- opens one eye, like kind of looks at you sidelong and says, this is my uh, fuck it, we'll survive playlist. Sometimes you just need a good mixtape. Um, and then she grins at you. And honestly, Val, it might have been that moment that you fell. And later, Destiny would admit that was the moment for her, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're in a car with Evangeline. The year is 2021. 
things suck. Uh, <laughs> tape decks are a uh, a relic uh, of the past. Um, but Val, you are not great at sitting quietly in a car with someone who is very, very fucked up. But Evangeline is clearly very fucked up. And as someone who has survived so much herself, you know where she's at. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily know... Uh, Evangeline, you haven't told Val your whole history, right? No. Okay. No, so, they, they, I, they, everyone knows that I'm like pretty recently turned, but mm-hmm. no. So I think even just that and the fact that she knows that you're, you're soft, you're, you know, uh, like you're, because Evangeline, you were, um, you're an, uh, weather anchor in like a city, right? Were you yep. in Calgary? Yeah. Okay. So the fact that you're local, um, you're, you know, like all, all these things I think Val would read to you as danger signs for someone who suddenly has to kind of survive on their own. And you've been doing your best to take care of her, teaching her to shoot, mm-hmm. taking her under your wing the way you, you knew your, your dad would want you to, um, as a deputy, let alone a recently turned kindred. Yep. Um, and you know that she's in a rough spot and unfortunately doesn't have the coping mechanisms that someone like you or honestly Doris has um mm-hmm. you can see people that you think would would not shatter you're starting to get the sense that everett either could or wouldn't you're not entirely sure where he falls on the spectrum yet but you're really worried that evangeline can't the problem is you also aren't great at pep talks so like, you are in this car you're driving mm-hmm. to desanti medical um evangeline um what uh, are you still just in that same like um shell-shocked staring straight ahead mode you were back in the uh, the auditorium uh a a little bit it's it's um it's gone down a bit i think it's 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 more like she's still kind of quiet staring ahead but she's no longer like she no longer has like adrenaline coursing through her body that's like fucking her up it's like she can she can think a little bit more now Okay, so you're actually now in the the kind of worst part where your your functions are coming back, and now where you just like and your body just gets totally depressed after that. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. So Val, you've picked up on this, and and I um, think that's exactly why Val wanted to stick by Evangeline because mm -hmm. she does realize that you know Doris is super old and like Everett, she doesn't fucking know him. So (laughs) sorry, but Evangeline, she has helped and does feel like. You know, she's young and it's new for her. And also there's a little bit of mom instinct in there that she yeah, can't yeah, help yeah. now. It's unfortunately part of her. So, um, but. So with that in mind, um, and we particularly, I think, with with that sort of maternal instinct for that you've developed um, by mm-hmm. raising a son, um, but also by glomming onto a father figure so, so carefully and realizing the benefit you got, mm-hmm. um, you start to think about comfort. Um, and you know you can't do it with words. Uh, you can do it with fists, but you don't think <laughs> punching her or like slapping her and being like, get it together is necessarily what's going to work here. Um, and unbidden, uh, the memory of of music just washing over you um, in a better car than this one. Uh, and for, for a second, you feel that twinge of, of rage uh, that uh, Cherry is in Parts Unknown are being fixed up, I believe now. Um, mm-hmm. But like – strange mechanics are working on her and that's not great. Um, can't necessarily trust that. Um, but, um, from, uh, the, the corners of your memory, the, the, the feeling of, of music, um, comes back to you. Uh, is it a good memory or a bad memory? I think it's, 
it's a pain. It's painful because mm-hmm. it's it's like that. It was another person in another life, and it hurts to feel any of that stuff. Fair enough. So I think that you know what she would say to Evangeline. You know, thinking about distracting her. You know, it would be silence and her drumming her fingers on the steering wheel, and then just. I know that fucking sucked, but we're going to get through this and uh, we just, we're just going to survive. And what song do you put on? Um, Assuming that there's a very, like there's in whatever car, I assume you stole, uh, or did you take one of the the police cruiser? Yeah. It's a squad car. Great. So yeah, you've got a serious XM, you know, you can find (laughs) something somewhere. You're paying far too much a month, but you know, it's, it's, it's worth it. I think, I think then it's just to like, the wheel through and and there's a few moments where it's like a nice something calming something 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 that would be you know gentle and then just switch to like hard rock and it's acdc and it's like yeah <laughs> great uh evangeline um does this is this comforting to you or did you hear a song that would have been comforting go by um yeah, this is not comforting at all um <laughs> <laughs> Try to think of like a comforting song that would go by. <laughs> I do think, yeah, some like REM comes on for a second and she's like, oh, but, you know, as a kid of like the late 80s, early 90s, that was pleasant to her. But um, no, and she just kind of turns her head, like kind of literally like, flops her head over, looks at Val and then just like turns back to staring out the window. Val, as the parent of a 20-something, like, you know this. This is, you're well in your territory now. Mm. Uh, disinterested teenage look away. Good. Mm. That means you're reaching her. Um, <laughs> this is the only play we've got in the book right here. This is it. Yeah. Um, so with uh, with ACDC's uh, high screeching vocals burning, uh, burning the way, um, Dale, you, you uh, make the unfortunate and uncomfortable ride. Uh, to DeSanti, handling what to you uh, feels like a bus uh, that runs on elastic bands uh, because, you know, after you've had that much horsepower, (sighs) driving a fucking civilian, civilian being a cop in this case, vehicle is just a real letdown. Um, But eventually you you pull up to the hospital. Um, Having all made your way to DeSanti, um, you are, of course, known uh, to DeSanti. Um, the uh, the nursing staff obviously is is aware of you. You touched base uh, with them before. Um, you're you're kind of quickly um, ushered to uh, a private room. Um, the sheriff's uh, position obviously holds a, a rather distinct place on the uh, the hierarchy here. Um, so you're all kind of rushed in and, um, honestly, I feel like Doris, they're just doing your surgery as you sit there. I assume kind of like kicking your feet off the, the bottom of the, mm-hmm. the bed. Feet don't touch the ground. So she's just kind of like, yeah, yep. waving her feet. Yeah. Um, so they're going to work on that. Uh, Everett, you're kind of propped up, uh, in a bed. They, um, uh, they kind of, I think probably set you up with like, um, uh, like a blood, like blood with a straw, so you can kind of drink it at, at your leisure, but you're kind of slowly being brought it, back around. Is it human blood, or do they know that I have... Oh, that's a good question. A fixation. Dump 
Dums and Dice would like to welcome you to Karst Code and Crown, a live play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. Karst Code and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown! Episodes are available now. (laughs) (laughs) How much contact have you been in with Ridley since you you arrived? Because he only... Okay, so he just set up the sheriff's department and nothing else, right? As far as I know. And even that didn't go the way it was expected to. It's supposed mm. to just be a, a nighttime desk job for me, and I'm the sheriff of a fucking experiment. <laughs> yeah, okay, then you... yeah, they, they, experiment. They absolutely wouldn't be feeding you what you need at okay. all. Uh, so maybe you're not drinking it might yeah. be the answer. Like, it's there yeah. for you. But yeah, I... Yeah, I can't um, and don't want to tell them. Well, okay, actually, then let, let's go with this. Um, can you roll me a, uh, we'll say composure or resolve? How many of those do you want to be hunger dice at this current state? <laughs> um, let me figure out what the other stats are, and then we can we can come back to that. Uh, okay. And uh, And subterfuge or persuasion. You can pick which of the two you want. I'm shitty both, so it's just composure. It's just three dice. Three dice. Uh, all right. Uh, two hunger dice, please. Okay. This is to determine if you're able to fake it long enough for them to leave you with blood that you can sip, or if they set you up with an IV. That's uh, two successes. Two successes. Okay. Um, you manage to convince them, uh, partially because you, you're able to pull rank, that... Uh, you're fine. You'll do it yourself. And they kind of look at you and they remember the old sheriff and they're kind of used to like square jawed cowboys refusing, <laughs> refusing help. So they, they leave you with like, you know, a pack with a straw and they're just like, we'll come back and replenish this every 20 minutes until you're feeling better, <sighs> which at least means you don't need to be constantly drinking it, but you do need to figure out what to do with it. So you're sitting there and I think you're yeah. still strapped in, but like you've got a tray over your, your chest with it. Like, kind of at mouth level. Um, so you also can't like, you know, fucking pocket it over the shit. You can't shoulder it um, in case that, you know, um, but uh, you're all uh, finally together again in a room. Uh, Val, you bring Evangeline in um, eventually. And you're now like walking under your own uh, strength, I think. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sulkily. Um, <laughs> and because uh, because you're absolutely right about like uh, after like a big adrenaline thing your body just imploding on itself so it's yeah. not like you're like i hate this i think it's literally more just like your your body feels so heavy um but also good because you're a fucking vampire now so nothing feels as bad as you know it ought to feel <laughs> which is equally bad um but uh the gang's all back together um and um uh, they uh they close the door and kind of leave you to it uh saying they'll be back in 20 minutes to swap out everett's blood um, there are two people, uh, we'll say actually Doris, that your arm is, is sort of sewed back on by now. Uh, the right. ambulance has obviously got there faster than the car. Um, so it's on, um, you're still in, in pretty rough shape. You, you haven't recovered. You don't have like, it's, it's in a sling. 
Um, but it is, it is kind of stitched, uh, stitched back on, um, Doris, how much hunger are you at right now? I'm at three. Okay. You can knock one off. Um, okay. they give you, uh, they give you, um, a ration to, uh, to kind of cool. help the process. Um, can you please roll me, <laughs> this should be a fun one for you. Um, an insight or awareness and intelligence yeah and and intelligence <sighs> so either awareness uh, or i'll do insight, insight. i'll do insight yep. plus intelligence so that's six plus 200 dice well no six total oh no uh that's only one success on a hunger dice okay Fair enough. Um, so, um, yeah, you receive you receive the blood. Um, honestly, it's still strange to you, Doris, that people just hand blood out in packets. That's kind of uh, quaint and strange. Uh, the future's odd and not at all what you thought. It's stupider, um, but here we are. Um, but unfortunately, with a roll that poor, uh, yeah. that's all you get from it is that's amusement. Fair. That's fair. Um, Yes, you can drop yours by one. Uh, Evangeline and Val, you can also drop uh, each of your hunger by one. Cool. Um, and actually, both of you can roll me that same check, if you would. <laughs> what was it? Uh, uh, intelligence and uh, awareness or insight. Goodness. Dealer's choice. They both suck. Oh, wait. No, no, no. That's good. Oh, wait. Oh, oh. oh yes. Yeah. Oh, awareness. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is an option. Yes. I got one success. One success. Crap rolling tonight. Cool. All of you get your bag of blood. It's nice to have blood. What a day. Um, <laughs> so well, that's uh, you're all uh, you're all finally back together, uh, and you get your first moment to debrief. Everett, you're you're relieved. You'd heard they were fine, but to actually see everyone in one space, I think, is rather yeah. a relief. Um, but, uh, yes, you're all finally back together, uh, for the first time. Now I will say the sun is rising. Um, it's been a, a hell of a night. Um, so you don't have a lot of time. You have just enough time to kind of get lightly caught up and then, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's going to be uh, coffin time for, for all of you. So don't think of this as like a long extended thing. Think of this as like a, well, that happened mm-hmm. closing thoughts. And then let's, let's hit the coffin. Hey. I think Doris would walk over to uh, Everett and just kind of uh, uh, look him straight in the eye. He's stuck like. down. He can't do anything yet. He'll <laughs> <laughs> just very, very sincerely just say, Mr. Everett, sir, Mr. Sheriff, I sincerely yeah. hope that your first day in the job hasn't given you a negative opinion of New Haven as a whole. I promise you that not every day is it as exciting as this. And by exciting, I mean terrifying, but certainly unique, sir. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Officer Francis Barbara. That's, uh, that's reassuring us. I also hope that it, uh, it's not always like this. That being uh, said, well, I hope that... Um, when we get back, there might be a man in a trunk that you might have to deal with. <laughs> I don't I don't understand what you're saying to me. Uh, 
That's all right. You'll see when we get back. <laughs> all right. Um, say, uh, who who wants an extra uh, pack of uh, blood? Uh, Officer Clark, uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad to see you're you're well. Uh, here, come come uh, take this from me. I, I I don't need it. You can you can have an extra. Uh, yeah, she's not she's not in the mood for having any discussion of any kind. So she just takes it and drinks it. Are you not hungry? Sorry, just before we get to that line, which we will say absolutely. That's canon, though. Were you not hungry? That's floating there. Um, But quickly, time slows. We have a telltale choice. Evangeline, (laughs) given how you're feeling about all the vampire shit that's just been happening, would you drink the blood? I guess you've already – there is a pack available to you. But I guess I should have asked with that one, like, how into the blood drinking are you now, given you're thirsty, Um, but also – not. Here's the thing. It's like, you know, anything can become a habit. Right. Yep. Over time. And she's been at this for like four, good, like four months now. So I think, I, I think it's just one of those things that like, she, she doesn't think of it mm. at first. And I think she starts thinking about it. Like as soon as, as soon as she like takes, taste it because she can still like taste a little bit like oh no (laughs) and so i think i think i think she tastes it and it's like i think it's horrifying but it also feels good Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is horrifying but she's just but she's just kind of like i think she she just has like no energy for outward expression of any kind gotcha so the second one's more of like a yeah fuck it yep we're 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 here this is yeah okay there's a there's like i think there's like resignation Mm. at the moment just in like the aftermath of everything totally i wonder too if there's weirdly in like the back in like the the quiet part of your mind you don't really like looking at or talking to um a certain also like relief in just being able to drink blood around people rather than having to do it in the bathroom after having a fake breakfast like it's it's literally just like no I can just do this here this is nice I don't have to pretend I don't have to like this is what my body needs right now and I'm sad so like I mean a little bit <laughs> there might be a small cool. amount of that but yeah yeah I I think it's it's yes yeah, it's, it's a, a small sliver in the back it's not like oh I'm excited I don't have to hide in the bathroom right now <laughs> um but yeah yeah okay I like that so yeah just very much like this is what I need. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, great. Uh, and then, as we've determined with our uh, seeing the future, um, Doris, uh, you, you've asked Everett uh, if he wasn't hungry. Was there anything else you wanted to add to that? No, I, I think she she's just clocked this, and she's like, "Why would a fam- like Why would you refuse this blood when you've gone through such an ordeal? Like she stores blood under her hat. Like why why would you give it away? So I think it's just genuinely like." It's just a genuine question, but her kind of piercing gaze makes it seem a little bit more than yeah. it is. Uh, and Everett can't uh, turn away because he's <laughs> strapped to a gurney. Uh, and we'll just say, uh, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm not hungry. They, they already gave me some blood in the, uh, the ride over in the ambulance. I'm, I'm fine. And, and as sheriff, I want to make sure that my deputies are taken care of uh speaking of which how's the arm there uh doris 
I think I'll have a fine scar, sir. It goes away. I've had multiple appendages cut off through the ages. You'd be surprised at how many people don't like who you are. And I found that the scars fade over time. All right. Well, um, I'm glad you're not worried about it. Uh, that's that's great to hear. Um, I just hope Troy's okay. Who's Troy? Oh, he right. Looks- the young guy, right? The the one who looks after my children. Right. Yeah. Did something happen to him? Well, his insides became his outsides. Oh my God! What happened to him? <laughs> He's on my arm, sir. Did someone attack it. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> And she's just gonna drift off. Yeah. I also love that like Val and Evangeline clearly would be able to intercede, but just aren't. The insides are did somebody gut Troy? Is he dead? I think she meant he threw up. Oh Christ. All right. Anyway, <laughs> Sheriff Fry, it's good to see you up. Well, as up as I can be. Um Good to see you too, Miller. Uh, I understand uh, it's thanks to you that uh, Esme there uh, was put down for good. Job well done. And uh, Officer Clark, I I am, once again, I, I am glad to, to see you, but uh, we are going to have to uh, talk about what you saw during your absence, you know, that I think this is not the last of, uh, we've seen of the children of Lilith where we're going to need to find out what, you know, so we can get to work on tracking down the rest of them and learning about them. They're very Uh, powerful. Yeah. Uh, I kind of gathered that. Um, and, and I think, I think, Everett's observant enough to see the state Evangeline is in for him to say, um, Officer Clark, are you uh, are you prepared to give a report uh, tomorrow night or you need some time? Um, and she kind of looks up kind of like awake for once because it's like someone in an official capacity is asking her a question. Mm-hmm. Um, and... She says, "Am I am I prepared? But am I am I prepared for this? No, 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 <laughs> no, no." <laughs> and then right. and then her face kind of falls blank again. <laughs> and uh, honestly, Everett, for the first time since you got here, you think you might actually understand one of these vampires because that is a feeling of delirious uncertainty. You know all too well. And as uh, Evangeline's uh, manic chuckles uh, descend, you all sit in awkward silence for another moment. Doris, you honestly consider jumping in like one or two times, but you're not really sure if Everett's going to say more. And like, you don't really want to step on official toes. Everett, you're so tired. You're so hungry, but you also have to pretend like you're not. Um, and Val, honestly, this has gone on a bit too long for your liking, too. Everyone's fine now. They're safe. So I think the maternal instinct has now dissipated into, uh-oh. Um, and uh, all of you are incredibly grateful 
when you hear um, a sharp knock at the door and uh, the uh, uh, Stella, uh, the um, nurse, uh, head nurse of, of New Haven's uh, hospital with, um, she's actually in the midst of pouring her tea this time. Um, she has like an electric kettle in one hand that has one of those like peeling printed labels on it um, that just says Stella but like stretched in a way that you would yell it in a streetcar. Like it's clearly a gag she's leaning into, but it's clearly like yellow and peeled from being on something that heats up all the time. Um, But she's just kind of pouring it into her mug and uh, she says, wow. Hey, uh, you guys are here awfully early. I'm just starting my shift, but look, I heard what happened and um, I think it's time to get some rest. So um, nurse's orders lights out. Um, and she uh, she just like hits a switch and, you know, like heavy, like barricades drop in front of the windows. Um, the room is dropped, dropped into uh, into darkness. Uh, those of you who aren't staying uh, overnight uh, are free to go. But honestly, you're all pretty beat. So I think at this point it might just be kind of like, you know, like crashing at a friend's house. You all just kind of grab a, a gurney or a chair and um, uh, uncomfortably, given that you're away from from your your own homes and uh, your loved ones, uh, the four of you uh, drift into a dreamless, uncomfortable, and slightly anxious sleep as the sun rises over New Haven. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Lori Elizabeth at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and our show log was created by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.